Listening to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin, for your support of the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live uncommon. It is time for an update with our friends at the Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Joining us today, the Reverend Dr. Matthew Heisey, Executive Director of Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Dr. Heisey, welcome back to the Coffee Hour. Thank you, Andy and Sarah. Always great to be with you. I'm looking forward to an update because I love hearing all the stories of what Lutheran Heritage Foundation is doing around the globe. And for our listeners not familiar with the work of Lutheran Heritage Foundation, can you share with us what what is the work of LHF today? Well, the work of LHF began 30 years ago with the fall of the Soviet Union. Our founder, Robert Ron, figured it was, it was a good time to get into Russia with the old Lutheran materials like the Luther's small catechism, which of course had not been there because of communism ruling for 70 years. So 30 years ago, we were founded to translate, publish, distribute, and introduce books that are Bible-based, Christ-centered, and Reformation-driven. And now by God's grace, we've gone beyond Russia. We are now in 96 countries and over 150 languages around the world. So that just keeps growing and growing. What are some of the needs that you see now? And in, 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 I know they're probably vast and we could probably take three hours to talk about all of them, but what is some of the, the major needs that you're meeting now as you're doing this work? I guess I could probably just say, Sarah, the, the entire gamut of, of what a church needs. I mean, I just, all I had to do is go to our website and, and just see three stories. Japanese students need catechisms. So new Japanese students have been enrolled at St. Paul's Lutheran in McAllen, Texas. And so the fathers take three five-year contracts to work there. Do you have catechisms in Japanese? Actually, now we just finished my first catechism. We have other ones, but we did a separate catechism translation. And that has gone through. So that's one of our recent publishings. Just go to the next one. California prison needs Spanish devotion. So we get requests from chaplains. Hey, do you have something in Spanish? Yes, we do. We're doing the daily devotions now in Spanish, which we also just reprinted actually Portals of Prayer in Ukrainian, which is, is, is obviously of great necessity. And a Texas church needs Spanish hymnals for worship. So, I mean, I could just go on and on with all the different requests. In fact, all I have to do is tell you about half an hour ago, we had a teacher from Lutheran North High School just down the road from us come in and say, I've got an Albanian student coming at the start of the second semester, which is next week. Do you have an Albanian catechism? Yes, we do. And we have it here. So when she asked this student his religious background, basically it was none. And, and so now he at least will be given the Christian witness, will have a resource in his own language. So all these things crop up uh, everywhere, the requests we get. And so if you're in 96 countries and 150 languages, chances are pretty good we've got something. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> 150 languages? Plus. That right? Plus now. Plus. Well, growing, yes. <laughs> Remember when we hit 100, I said, woohoo, you know, kind of shoot up flares. We hit 100. And okay, now we're well beyond 100. And I think a lot of those now becoming African languages mm-hmm. in particular. But I, I, I could you not, I am working with a person to hopefully do something in Greenlandic pretty soon. It is a language. 
So we'll, we'll see how that goes. Right now we're looking for a translator of Lutheran's catechisms to sailors who have these little seamen's missions in Greenland. Greenlandic. That is so Didn't, cool. Wow. In Greenland's icy mountains from India's coral strand. You know, I can keep singing the hymn there. Now I want to see what Greenlandic looks like. Yeah. First, I got to find a translator. So that's, that's where we're at right now. It's, it, this, this may not happen tomorrow, but it is being seriously researched and the, the need is there. So when Sarah asked, what are the needs? You know, that's one of the things I think we like to make certain that we do is, I mean, we can have all sorts of ideas of what we want to do and what you should have that would reflect what a person sitting in an LCMS pew might think. But as we're going to be talking about today, you go to a place like Papua New Guinea and witchcraft is a real issue there. Ooh, I don't think too many of us run into that issue on a daily basis in our LCMS pews throughout the state. So, you know, we need to know what are the needs within those countries and, and then, okay, how can we serve you? Do we have something that can help you? Can you work with us in crafting something that would be doctrinally pure? And uh, address the situation you have. You know, if we've talked about Finland and the recent uh, declaring the biblical understanding of, of marriage between one man and one woman, woman as hate speech. So uh, you know, that was, was something that uh, we were working with them. Heck, it was actually 19 years ago. We put that booklet out with them. And, uh, and of course, it was declared hate speech a few years ago. So these are, these are things that they address when they do questions and answers in their catechisms, dealing with issues like euthanasia, like homosexuality and marriage between same sex, which Martin Luther did not have to deal with in, in the Saxon villages that he traveled to. So there certainly are challenges in, in, in culture and, and around the globe in all the countries where where Lutheran Heritage Foundation is serving, how do you meet those challenges? How do you help the the Christians and the local churches in those cultures and in those contexts be prepared to face those challenges? Well, one of the good things is, and, and this was better before COVID and before getting married, that I was able to be a single guy traveling around a lot. And I was able to get to a lot of these places like Papua New Guinea and really see firsthand some of the issues going on I think one of the important things we try to do is work really in tandem with our Office of International Mission, OIM. And uh, so we're, we're in touch regularly with uh, Reverend Krikova, Ferry, uh, Trump, and uh, Cray as to what the needs are in all those regions around the world where they are regional directors for our international mission. And uh, as we talk with them, as we converse with them and missionaries, we say, okay, what do you need? What's, you know, sometimes it is just really explaining the faith in a particularly strange uh, situation. And one of the things that we've been discussing recently, because we just were able finally to get a large number of books into Papua New Guinea and working with uh, now retired though, but not at that time, Dr. Martin Dickey, we were, he was, he was talking about, uh, you know, the issues that that plague them. And one of those is, you know, we talked about witchcraft, witchcraft. I would refer anyone to Dr. Otto Hinsey's from ghosts to God in Engeland to get a real perspective on that. Dr. Hinsey was one of our first missionaries and 
I'm always honored that I got the chance to meet him. He knew me and I didn't know him, but that's anybody who knew Otto Hinsey knows that, that this is the kind of humble person he was. And nobody like me didn't know him, but he knew who I was. And uh, he had worked uh, along with Dr. Burse, Willard Burse, who's still alive in his mid nineties. And uh, they helped open up that mission field in the late forties in Papua New Guinea. And uh, as they were doing that, of course, they, they came into contact with people who believed that ancestors roamed the land. And if you had treated them poorly, you know, you're going to have to give some kind of sacrifice. And connected to this, this concept of witches and ghosts, they, they believe that there were witches putting curses on them. And unfortunately, it's like something out of the Salem witch trials. When a person's accused of being a witch, you know, all of a sudden you have to try and prove that you're not a witch. And you might be accused of killing a person. And so you get a mob of people and they begin to hunt for you. Obviously, this is something that we, we need to get some basic Christian teaching in there. And uh, thankfully, through the mission work of Dr. Burse and, and Dr. Hintzy and, and their wives and those who followed them, you know, there are 500 Lutheran congregations in Papua New Guinea. And uh, Christianity is, is considered the faith of the nation itself. And yet in the highlands, you have these things still going on because that's part of the old culture. And it's a culture that is strong because I've heard many, many tell me that uh, even people in the church still, you know, kind of sometimes have that fear of the spirit world. And, and once again, you know, the comfort that comes from knowing your savior through, you know, a gospel tract like Jesus Never Fails, which our founder, Robert Ron penned, to basic understanding of Christian faith, understanding of sin, as opposed to someone casting a spell on you. I mean, these are, these are important concepts that people need to learn. And, uh, you know, through a lot of the books that we can publish and, and get to them, we're able to get it into their language, which is Tokpisan, as well as Enga, which is now, and we're starting to do things in Enga, which is the language of the highlands, where a lot of the witchcraft takes place, I understand, as well as English being kind of a national language. So you can actually get them English copies like A Simple Explanation of Christianity, which Jonathan Schultz of CPH was so kind to help us really get a large number at a great discount to export to places like PNG. That is so interesting hearing about how you're able to, to meet the needs of different cultures. How does that play out as you, as you enter a culture like this? How does that play out when you're deciding what resources people need in their own language? Well, once again, we go to them. We mm -hmm. go to them and we ask them, what is beneficial for you? You're the ones who are living there. And being a former missionary to Russia, I appreciate that because I would often see people come in there and they had their own ideas of, you know, you guys need this, you guys need that. But you say, well, this is kind of one of the teachings we need to emphasize. We need to really, especially in Russia, focus on the fact that good works do not save you. And, and so a real in-depth dive into Luther's catechism was essential there. And, and not just Papua New Guinea, when we were talking about this concept, Mongolia, uh, which is another place I went to, we were working with Pastor Purov Delarj Jamzran, a Lutheran pastor there in Mongolia to translate the small catechism and explanation to people in his country 
because Papua New Guinea at least has had missionaries now for over 70 years. Christianity has now become fairly widespread. Mongolia, it's just completely new. It's, it's just something out of the box for most people. And so when you kind of go in the countryside, you begin to see that, you know, Ulaanbaatar is the big capital. And then after that, there's just, it's like a moonscape as you're traveling out there in the countryside. And uh, every now and then you'll come across what they call an oval, which is this triangular shape of, of form of rocks all placed together. And Mongols will get out on the roadside and go around that three times and giving what they believe the spirits need, which is usually vodka bottles and uh, cigarettes. Uh, apparently the spirits don't take good care of their, well, their spirits after all, their bodies. But, you know, these are things that they think are essential for them. They'll throw money at them, all, all sorts of things like that. So, I mean, this is a completely different mindset. Maybe not as completely different in, in different ways, but, but it's certainly something foreign, I think, to most of us. And so, you know, to once again explain that giving to spirits isn't going to do a thing for you. It's going to just tie you to that world. And, and that world is real. I mean, I've had my own encounters with some of the occult in Mongolia. It is real and it is frightening, just as I'm sure they have in Papua New Guinea. So, you know, we go to them. We go and say, what do you need now? And he said, we just really need some good sound teaching. We know our culture. Yeah, and that's the important thing, I think, too. I mean, we can share basic resources with them, like a catechism, that I would teach differently if I'm talking to Americans, but they're talking to Mongols who have a background of animism, Buddhism. A few people might have bought into communism, most didn't. It's really the Buddhist mindset, I think, that stayed with them for, for many, many centuries. And so they know what to address within that catechism. They know to focus, you know, on idols, for example, dealing with that second commandment, you will have no other gods before me. And what does this mean? So I think with, with natives there, sometimes working in tandem with our own missionaries uh, and, and also then the resources, I, I feel pretty good about the fact that we can get resources into the hands of people who can share them with their own people and and share the joy and comfort that Christ brings. We're getting an update on Lutheran Heritage Foundation from Executive Director, the Reverend Dr. Matthew Heisey. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment right here on The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. Getting an update today on Lutheran Heritage Foundation, the great work that they're doing around the globe to bring faithful Lutheran materials to people in their own language. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Matthew Heisey. Dr. Heisey, what does it mean to the recipients 
what does it mean for the recipients who receive these faithful resources in their own language to, to be able to have these resources such as catechisms? And I, I know we've talked about the Book of Concord and, and other things that you, you've shared today. What does it mean for them to have these resources in their own language? Well, it's, it's, they don't have a Concordia publishing house. They're not blessed with CPH. So they don't really have resources for the most part. And, and so they're kind of picking and choosing. And a lot of times some of that yeah. doesn't really always provide the best understanding of the Christian faith. And so, uh, you know, we have recently just put together a God's word for you, which is kind of a, it, it reaches those kids between adulthood and uh, childhood. So somewhere kind of preteen, 10 to 14, who are not, you know, are, are kind of past children's Bible stories, but want something a little, a little deeper dive into scripture. And so we've been able to put something together that we think is aesthetically pleasing. We're using Japanese manga characters in the Bible stories, but we're also putting a timeline. We're putting words of hope, gospel connections, going a little deeper into the stories of the Bible. And uh, we, we did that in English, but now we have been able to actually translate it into Khmer for Cambodia and in Vietnamese, because Vietnamese, we just keep getting requests, constant requests for especially children or teen materials. And with the great growth of the church right now in, in, in Cambodia and in Vietnam, and also actually we're, we're getting more requests from Laos, although Laos doesn't really have a Lutheran presence, it has a Protestant presence. And uh, we are getting our Lao catechism into that country. So when these recipients get these resources, I mean, they're, they're, you, just, you just see the smiles a mile away because, I mean, they're, they're, they're thrilled to be able to actually say, okay, here, we've got something. Come to us. We'll talk about it. We'll read it over it with you. And uh, Sopa Korn, who is our uh, director for Cambodia, has these great pictures that he shows of, these kids that he has di distributed a, a children's book to. And I know now he'll be able to get this God's word for you book get into their hands. They live by a garbage dump. And so they, they, they literally pick rags to help assist their families. And he has done some really great outreach in those areas among the poorest of the poor in Cambodia. And so, I mean, you think of a place like that, it reminds me even of Ethiopia, which is certainly a little bit more, obviously quite a bit more developed, but seeing, you know, Lutheran schools without actual hardcover books uh, or softcover books, just these kind of paper, paperback little pamphlets. And when I handed out those children's Bible story books, I mean, I created chaos for an entire day as a former teacher. I, I, I saw the looks I got. It's like, I, I'm not going to teach today because these kids are going crazy. And, and I'll always remember our coordinator, Dara J. Tillahun, uh, driving me out of the compound there. And I saw a little girl just clutching it to her chest. Like, you know, this, this is mine. This belongs to me. So wh when I see faces like that and, and images that are just seared in my mind, it reminds me that for, for people to get these kinds of resources in their own language. And uh, I mean, and quite frankly, when you talk about being able to get uh, God's word for our, our Jesus Never Fails, a gospel tract of comfort to soldiers and nurses on the front lines in Ukraine in their Ukrainian language. That, boy, those, 
those are truly important because people are, are, are being pressed around the world in so many different ways with conflict and, uh, and oppression. Some of it's spiritual, some of it's occult oppression, obviously. And, and so to be able to get some books like that into their hands, that, that's, that's why we exist. Every time we talk with you and you share these stories, uh, it, it blows my mind a little of, of all the work that LHF is able to do, all these languages and, and all of these books that you're able to produce and, and give to people. It's just, it's so wonderful, the work that, that LHF is able to do to produce all of these resources for people to share Jesus with them in their own languages. It's just, it's just awesome. And do you have any any work going on in Africa right now? I don't think we've covered anything in oh, Africa. Uh, there's uh, <laughs> just constant. <laughs> I think a lot of it. To, some of our work now has been expanding, especially under our director Dinku Bato, who is mm-hmm. our regional director. Reverend Dr. Dinku Bato is Dinku's based in the Twin Cities, but uh, he gets over to Africa on occasion and uh, also works with the African diaspora in the United States. And uh, he has been getting into so many different places. Uh, one of those, Malawi, it was, we really didn't have any connections to Malawi. And uh, a Lutheran pastor just got a hold of the What About series, you know, from 20 years ago when Dr. Albert Alberry uh, put together that What About series. And he did a pamphlet on What About Abortion. And they were debating a, a more liberalized abortion law in Malawi and this pastor felt we gotta we gotta get something into the language of our people, Chichawa. And he he read this and he said, Can we do this? And we got in touch with President Harrison and people at the LCMS offices and they said, Yep, yep, you can do that. No problem. And and so we did. And we've been doing more and more of those translations now for Africa because Africans are really hungry. I mean, Philip Jenkins thesis from the next Christendom written about twenty years ago is it is so true that, that Africans are really coming into the church faster than anyone else. And we're seeing that in our Lutheran communities, wherever we go, whether it's Uganda, Burundi, all throughout the continent. And, and so they're just gobbling up teaching and good teaching in particular because Pentecostalism is, Pentecostalism is quite widespread. I remember driving outside Nairobi and seeing these big pictures of pastors and their wives with big diamond rings and talking about how people could get rich. You could see that. And, and that is, uh, that's, that's a temptation for some people who see wealth as the essence of what Christianity is. And so for us to be able to get resources into the language of the people there, and they, they will come. We, we had some wonderful stories of these girls who would walk through snake-infested lands four hours to get to their church in Kenya on a Sunday. And of course that's four hours back too. So, I mean, it's all, it's an all day event when you're going to church. No, Hey, can I get home in time to turn on the football game? This is, this is, this is commitment. In other words, I haven't had to worry about that with the Detroit lions lately, but now, now sure, we might have to worry. Now we do. Yeah. That was the temptation. <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> are, are there snake infested lands in Detroit is the question. Yeah, yeah. Well, there there are and and you know, people it's it's, it's really funny too when I talk to some of the people uh, like Pastor Tyler Cronkite. I mean, he actually had a Mongolian in southwest Detroit and he asked me, "Do you have something in Mongolian?" I said, "Yes, I, we do." So, 
He was able wow. to get something into his own hands. So you just never know where people are and uh, where they are in their lives. And, and so to be able to, to provide something for them, we, you know, I mentioned the Albanian student. And one of the things that we're, we're finding now too is so many LCMS high schools, especially as COVID recedes, are, are getting more and more international students now traveling and coming. And so Milwaukee high schools, for example, they had just all sorts of different people from, I think, 10 to 15 nations, and we were able to supply them with a lot of books too. So these, these are great opportunities for them to reach out to students who are going to be there for three, four years. And when they return to their homeland, then they return, many of them return baptized and in faith. All these great resources are, are certainly a wonderful gift to those who receive them, and it takes a lot of work and resources to make that happen. What are the current pressing needs for Lutheran Heritage Foundation today? We have just about a minute and a half left. Well, you, you can always, you know, actually we've been blessed, but you can always use more and more donors to, to support particular projects. And we, we do like to mention to them they can support the mission, but they also can support something that is near and dear to their heart. So, uh, you know, this past year we had Bible books for children in Ukraine, and we've obviously uh, been been blessed there. And we'll we'll come up with a different project for a different area of the world. More than likely, I think Africa, because Africa is is becoming more and more an area of resource. Not to mention Southeast Asia and in particular Indonesia. So we we just continue to we're we're reprinting a lot of books because they run out, and and especially children's Bible story books and catechisms run out quickly. So we're, we're constantly reprinting and uh, hopefully we'll also have something in Luxembourgish. There's another language for you, new, new one. Nice. How can we learn more about the work of Lutheran Heritage Foundation? Uh, you can go to lhfmissions.org, that being missions with the S as a plural. So lhfmissions.org. And uh, you will see wonderful stories about the work that we have, who our staff is, where they may be traveling to and preaching at particular churches, not to mention how you can donate and support this great work. One of the cool features I found on the website earlier is the interactive map. You mm, can follow, yes. you can go around the map and click on where, what's happening in various locations of the world with Lutheran Heritage. Yes, Anna Irwin has done just a remarkable job putting together that map. And, and that's, that's just, just makes it so much easier to navigate. Oh, yeah. We're grateful to her for her work. It's a great visual. It's a lot of fun to click around and see what's going on around the world. Yeah. Our guest today, the Reverend Dr. Matthew Heisey, Executive Director, Lutheran Heritage Foundation. Thanks so much, Dr. Heisey, for being our guest on The Coffee Hour. Thank you for having me, Andy and Sarah. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.